What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QB's podcast. Uh, recording on this gloomy Friday afternoon. Uh, and who better to sit down with and break down these playoff matchups uh, for our new playoff format? You know, the three game, the double, triple header. Uh, then our boy Jonathan Ryder, the one, the only, the greatest Dolphins fan on earth. Jonathan, how are we, buddy? Man, Chad, I'm actually pretty good today, man. I'm not going to lie. I know it's gloomy outside, but, you know, I'm well. And I want to say that if I am the best person you can be discussing these topics with, then I think you need to go out there and talk to people. (laughs) No, man, you're selling yourself short. I tell you, the reason why it's it feels so great right now is because we're realizing it's the end of the work week and the beginning of the football week. So that's thank God, thank God. I know Saturday couldn't come close enough. Saturday could not come close enough. And uh, for those of you listening, we are going to jump in first. We're going to talk a little league news, and we're going to jump jump into the playoff matchups, uh, discuss them one by one, and then give a summary of our picks right at the very end. Um, so Jonathan jumping into the league news, I think that the number one headline currently, or one of major headline, one of many headlines, uh, is Trevor Lawrence declared for the draft, right? Junior quarterback for Clemson. Um, I I don't know if there's ever been concern or questioning about a player coming out. Who's ever been as talented as him. Um, I guess maybe you would have to go all the way back to Elway, right? Back in 84, I believe it was. Um, when he was, you know, kind of pondering doing baseball versus going to the NFL. Um, but yeah, now that Trevor Lawrence is officially declared, do you think it's all set and sealed that he is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar? Yeah, man, no doubt. Um, if, if Jacksonville either trades this pick or, or, or passes on Lawrence, uh, I, I, I don't know what to do. The only, there's only one question mark for me about Trevor Lawrence. What's that? Is if at any point you question him, then I have to go along with you because you're the QB guru out here. <laughs> so uh, you are you are the master in a quarterback scout. So I mean, we we kind of known this since his freshman year, right? Since he beat Alabama in his first year as a starter, which is, he didn't even start yeah, as a starter, say, right? Yeah, it was uh, Ke- Kelly, Kelly Bryant. Kelly, Kelly Bryant, Bryant yep. who was actually upset and left the team because of it. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, look at this guy. Yeah. I mean, and, then, and then went to Missouri and stunk it up for a year. Y- yes, he did. Um, so I- expected. I think it would have been shocking if uh, he returned. Uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars now, they just have to to hire the right coach. Right? Like, they, Urban Meyer is out yeah, there visiting I was gonna today. S- I was going to say, yeah, Urban Meyer. You know, what do you think of the of the possible connection between those two guys? You know, considering the type of offenses and stuff that Urban's – I mean, he's run a bunch of different stuff, worked with a bunch of different quarterbacks that went on to have NFL success. Most notably, uh, I would say Alex Smith is probably, you know, his most famous quarterback that he's taken from college and turned into a good pro player. Okay, but all the other quarterbacks were bust, right? Leak. Tebow, um, well, the, the JT Barrett, um, who I else was? I wouldn't say bust necessarily because you kind of knew what the ceiling was on those guys. True. Like, none of those guys, like, I mean, Chris Leak, I think he was drafted in like the fifth or sixth round. JT Barrett, I'm 90, 90% sure was an undrafted was, guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Tim Tebow went in the first round, but that was, that was a reach by Denver, I think, more so than him showing the talent because he was never 
graded as a first round guy, you know, by anyone who is making projections. But but you it has something has to be said or like there's a statement that Urban Myers is even considering the NFL yeah. because Trevor Lawrence is a number one overall pick. Yeah, I mean, that's the type of power that this guy holds. I mean, you know, fans, uh, I mean, literally as soon as the Jacksonville Jaguars knew they were getting the number one pick, their their mayor, I think, literally welcomed Trevor Lawrence yep. to the city. Like, dude, they're they're four at the time. They were four months away from the draft, at least. And yep. He's already welcoming Trevor Lawrence to the city because he knows that you know as soon as he declares, he's going to be the next Jacksonville Jaguar. And this is a guy who has you know way too much way too much stuff on his hands to worry about college football. But even he knows. And I think that's what is is going to be nice for Jacksonville is they're going to have you know they're going to create some buzz a little bit. Obviously, they're going to create buzz with Trevor Lawrence. Um, if they get Urban Meyer, I think that just kind of continues the buzz and just kind of propels it more and more. I, I will say that Trevor Lawrence and Urban Myers create more buzz than anything the Dolphins are going to do this offseason. I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Well, I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, but I think the Dolphins, you know, the, you, you kind of have to get your buzz all together like in one offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your buzz offseason and then this is – this is the Dolphins offseason to where they need to actually like move forward as a team, not because they've already got the interest, right? Now they've kind of shown that they got the interest, and I think that's what Jacksonville is kind of doing. They've never necessarily had a committed fan base, I don't think. Uh, and, and to be fair, they haven't had much to cheer about. Mm-hmm. Um, only, you know, the one or t- I think two AFC title game appearances uh, in franchise history yep. and, and uh, nine double-digit losing seasons in the last 10 years. So that's... That's that's pretty Go rough. Jags, man. Go Jags. I'm I'm pulling for you guys, yeah, man. I, I, it, I it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's a team that I think we all kind of want to see at least succeed uh you know to a certain level. I enjoyed them when they had the AFC Championship team uh, a couple years back, but yeah, now they're just they're just trying to become relevant again, man. Trying to become relevant again. And uh you know, sticking in that AFC South, man, let's yeah. let's I was going to say let's go to the big one. Uh and that is the Houston <laughs> Texans hiring Nick Casario. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, you are. Okay, Nick Casario, who was a was working in the New England Patriots uh, front office. Um, and 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 Deshaun Watson was not happy to say the least. Yeah, I mean, look, Nick Casario has been a target of the Houston Texans for a while now, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he has been blocked twice by the Patriots because he was under contract and the NFL uh because he was in like the NFL I think they made a rule change if you are going to go for a better front office position the team no longer can hold you to a contract like that ah I see I see so So, because he was going to become the full-out GM yes they weren't able to interesting interesting I did not know that Yes, it, it, it like they've been after this guy for two years to the point that they hired him two years ago. And New England was like, no, 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 no. We never gave you permission to go talk to him. We're not going to release him from his contract. So and it, that's how not, Bill O'Brien stays the GM for as long it, as he did. <laughs> it, it, exactly. Now, the whole thing with Deshaun Watson not being happy, I think it, it, it turns into from the fact that I think somebody told him from all the reports that are somebody in ownership told him that he was going to be consulted. Yeah, and, and then he, he was. He was lied. He was lied to, and he wasn't. Right. So, I I don't know how that plays out. Right. I, I I've I've also read reports that 
you know, they asked, you know, Ben Roethlisberger when he came to offensive coordinators, um, who he wanted to work with. And it, it could be a bad image to the league, right? Because it, it, why isn't Deshaun Watson being asked these questions if he's the face of the franchise? Is it because he's young and he's black? And this this ownership has had, you know, kind of racial tension, right? Yeah, uh, with some of the comments by ownership. Um, it, it, it's very fragile right now to the point that we're talking about Deshaun Watson being traded. That's like yeah. one of the top top was, trending topics right now. I was going to say pretty much immediately, I mean, within, you know, I feel bad for Nick Casario because, you know, he's a guy who's been working his whole life for this job. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you get it. And all of a sudden within probably 12 hours of you getting the job, your star franchise, the, probably the one franchise cornerstone piece that you have, you know, is is – is sitting here, you know, in trade rumors immediately, you know, and people are already figuring out what jersey, what jersey number he's going to wear on different teams, you know, trying to shorten the list to see what teams would be in consideration or would be in contention for trading for him. It's like if you're Nick Casario, that's like probably the worst possible way to start off your your tenure as a GM. Can I ask you something, Chad? And I Absolutely. don't think we we have the time to talk about it today. Absolutely. You have your quarterback, but you ha you don't have almost any assets to build around them right now. Absolutely. Do, Absolutely. Do, do, do you consider? Do you seriously consider moving on from Deshaun and, and trying to build from the bottom up instead of from the top to the bottom? To me, if you do that, you have to... To me, I think the price tag is minimum three first-round picks. Um, which Miami has in the next two years. Yeah, I was going to say, and it would have to be not even three like consecutive years. I think it would have to be probably two this year and uh -huh. then another first-round pick next year. And, pr and probably a couple of twos in there, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just going to be a, a bunch of draft capital. Maybe you would even have to throw in a younger player or maybe two younger players or something like that. Because, I mean, let's be honest. We're talking about Deshaun Watson, who's – I think 20, 25 years old, 26, something like that. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL already. And like we said, he has a, a unique skill set to where he can fit into pretty much any offense in the NFL. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's the thing. The fit issue, I don't think will – yeah, just, just to recap, he is 25 years old. So, I mean, a young guy who can be the franchise cornerstone for any team. Um you know, Go because get him, Miami. Go get him. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They have to know, though, they're paying a pretty penny for this guy, which I completely understand. I think he's worth it. But, you know, we've seen teams go all in for young guys or for or on trades, and it hasn't worked out. So they're kind of going to have to kind of weigh where they are as a team and see how much that trading away that draft capital will affect their depth in the in the short term. Chat, real quick before we move on, right, because I know we're kind of pressing for time. Uh -huh. Do you think that Deshaun has a legitimate argument here? I think, you know, at I'm kind of torn on the situation because I think with his, you know, we're in the player empowerment era throughout sports, right? So, yes. you know, more guys are being, are being consulted on things like that more now than ever before. I mean, if this were the 70s or the 80s, maybe even the 90s, you know, they wouldn't even think to, to discuss with the players what they want, right? But, but we're in a new era now. Um the only thing that makes me hesitant a little bit about it is because of Watson's youth. Um, you know, I, th I know you're talking about Big Ben and, and guys like that who have had say. I think that happened more so kind Towards of later. the end of his yeah, career. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say yeah, later yeah. on in their career um, when they had kind of been established members of the, of the franchise. 
And, you know, I know age age isn't everything by any means, but I think it does play a factor, especially with these owners who, you know, come from, you know, let's be honest, they come from a completely different world than what these players come from, you know. So to them, no I think I think the longevity of being there is what plays a factor, um, you know, in how much, say, they, they are comfortable with having their players, you know, decide. But for me, if I'm Houston, I would have let Deshaun at least have a say because, like you said, he's the only franchise cornerstone that they have right now. Wise words, sir. Thank you, boss. Thank you. And, you know, now we're going to go ahead and move on to our playoff matchups. We're going to start off talking about the Saturday games. Um, We're going to go in order, starting with Colts at Bills. Bills favored by six and a half points at home. Jonathan, let's just talk about the game before we have to make any predictions. What are you what are you looking for from from Indianapolis? I want to I want to go with them first. You know, they offense statistically good right like jonathan taylor has been beasting it out as of lately right finished third in the league in rushing this year i was surprised isn't that i mean when you have an outstanding offensive line right well probably the the best guard in the league in quentin nelson uh but an overall very good line you have a an experienced quarterback i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that 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 philip rivers is a burner uh, yep. by any means, but you know, a good receiving core, a balanced receiving core. You got your Absolutely. little guy, you got your big guy Pittman, you got you and of course that defense. Yes, yes. This is it, it, this is a solid football team. Absolutely. Not necessarily flashy, might not, you know, run up the score, but they're fundamentally sound and they can run the ball and they can play defense. The only thing that I think hurts them in this game is the whole having to play in the cold when they're they're a dome team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to play a factor as well. Um, You know, I was surprised to look at these numbers for Indianapolis, how, like you said, how balanced they are across the board. I mean, they're they're borderline top 10 in every single category, you know, both on offense and defense, with the exception of their past defense, which, you know, I think is, is obviously going to play a huge factor, um, you know, when you're going against Josh Allen. Um, yeah. But, you know, that, that front seven especially, uh, I think on the back end they're probably a little bit weaker, hence, you know, the 20th-ranked passing defense. But, you know, when you're talking about that front seven, you, you got two all-pros in there, DeForest Buckner and uh, Darius Leonard at the linebacker spot who, you know, can go with the best of them. So, you know, the Buffalo is not really a team that that needs to establish the run. You know, they're going with the rookie running back or the young running backs with uh, Zach Moss and um, uh, what's the other? Uh, Devin Devin Singletary. Singletary. Yeah, your Motor Singletary, man. FAU. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my bad, boss. My bad. Um, But, yeah, and, you know, Buffalo is not a team that's going to look to establish themselves on the ground. But I think whatever they do try to do uh, in the ground game, the Colts can easily, you know, kind of neutralize that, if not gain the advantage. Um, Because, like you said, on the line of scrimmage, I think they kind of have the advantage on both sides, right? Because it's not like that Buffalo defense has been – they've been better towards the second half of the year. However, you know, you wouldn't consider them a physically imposing type of defense – that is going to be able to stand up to that Colts O-line or, or, you know, dominate the Colts offensive line by any means. No, not at all. To be to be honest with you, I, I think the Bills are, are, are starting to take kind of the mold of, of, of the Patrick Mahomes Kansas City where they're going to try to outscore you. Absolutely. Because right now, like you said, 
it, the, the running game is not anything that you, you boast about, right? It's there. It's there for its functionality that you need a running game. Yep. These guys are just thrown all over the yard. Oh, my goodness. Yes, They're they playing are. backyard football, and it's working between Diggs, Beasley, uh, McKenzie, who just embarrassed the Dolphins, uh, <laughs> John uh, – Dawson Knox, the tight end. Dawson Knox, the tight end. John Brown. Yeah. Uh, like – just came this, back off IR a couple weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, yeah he played against the Dolphins. Yep. Um, but <laughs> th- th- this is a team that – and that's why I think I, I really like this matchup because this is a team that's going to throw the ball, right? But I think the way the Colts are going to try to keep the ball away from the Bills is by, you know, just pounding the ball because they have the offensive line to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're talking about a shaky defense, which I think we could easily say Buffalo is, I mean, or or at least league average defense, you know, they're in the they're in that middle, you know, 10 to 20 range in pretty much every defensive category this year. They're Um, not they're not scaring anybody. Yeah, exactly. But I was going to say with those, you know, a defense like like that. With a running back like Taylor, you know, all those carries are body blows to the defense, right? Softening up the middle of that defense, you know, allows Phillip Rivers to get into his play-action game, allows him to hit T.Y. Hilton for deeper passes. You know, Michael Pittman make explosive plays like you were talking about. The Colts don't necessarily – I don't think, you know, weapon for weapon, I don't think the Colts have what it takes to keep up with Buffalo. But at the same time, there's definitely – you know, a scheme that they, you know, the ball control type scheme to where they can kind of control the game, almost the way you saw a Tennessee do in last year's playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. And, and another thing that the, the, the Colts, they do have to watch out for, especially when, it, it, you know, being so that their weak point is, is that pass defense. The Bills like to throw the ball deep. Yes. You better, yes, you have do. to limit them and that, it, you know, I think, I, and this is what's what fascinates me, right? Like they have the front seven to keep seven guys to clog up the box, maybe six guys to clog up the box, and kind of take away that that running game from the Bills and, and try to commit to the secondary, which they have to. Because let me tell you something: if you just blink, those wide receivers will run right by you for Buffalo, and Josh Allen has the arm to get the ball there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if you're indie, you know, and you kind of hit on it, I don't even know why you would play, you know, a third linebacker in the game pretty much at all, or at least have three linebackers all on the field at once, because you know that, you know, I mean, Buffalo is going to hell in that Miami game. They were in four wide pretty much the entire game. You know, we talked about the addition of Brown coming back. That and no Beasley in that game. Yeah, exactly. And Cole Beasley, uh, him and Diggs and McKenzie actually are all questionable, but they did all practice, I believe. They'll uh, play. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that's the thing. It's it's the playoffs. To me, if you're questionable, that, that means you're playing. Yep. So these guys are football players. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, you know, we talked a lot about Indy. I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's give Buffalo the love they deserve, 13-3, and three, number two seed in the conference. Like you said, they're playing, you know, as close to what Kansas City is as anybody in the league. Um, explosive, explosive offense, second in scoring, second in yards, third passing offense. Um, you know, what do you think is, is there anything that you could see that would be able to, that would slow Buffalo down in this one? If somehow, you know, the Colts can, can at least limit the passing game. Okay. You know, I feel like if you, 
if you hold Josh Allen to under 300 yards passing, you, you probably win this chance. game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Be- because Buffalo is not going to run, run that much. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, like we said, we're going to give the picks right at the end of the podcast. So we're going to, you know, we're going to give you guys a little teaser to, to, to make sure y'all are listening to the end. Um, but the next game we're going to move on to is going to be Rams at Seahawks. Somebody Seahawks. just stop listening. <laughs> Seahawks favored by three and a half at home for this one. Uh, Jared Goff says that he's good, um, but doesn't know if he's going to start. So I don't know how good you can be for that one. Um, Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle, was taken off IR. He's expected to play in that one. Um, and then for Seattle, Jamal Adams, the all-pro safety, uh, had a shoulder injury that's been bothering him for a couple weeks. But I, I believe Pete Carroll said that he's supposed to be playing in that one. Like like you said in the other game, it's the playoffs. If guys have a chance to play, they'll play. Look, questionable means that you're playing. Doubt, doubtful, I don't know. And that's what Jared Goff is right now, right? He's yeah. doubtful. Yeah. I, I'll bet you the, the, the Rams would really like to this game to be on Sunday instead of Saturday. Absolutely. Um, Give him as much time in between as possible. I I like... I think the whole John Wolford was a nice story last week, but let me tell you something, man. <laughs> this is playoff football. Yes, And it this is. is playoff football, you know, in, in, in Seattle, in, in Coach Carroll's house. This uh, isn't... Uh... This isn't the, uh, you know, this isn't, we, we've seen, we've seen the story when these cute little backups come in, right? We saw the, uh, yep. the Matt McGloin, uh, the Houston Texans did it for about five straight years where they started a backup, <laughs> Tom Savage, you know, guys like that. So, you know, if Warford, if Warford has to start, it would, it, uh, it's going to be a long day. I feel like for the Rams, I mean, he's probably better than Connor cook, but, um, yeah, uh. that was awful. Well, uh, at least he's athletic. At least we sh- we at least we saw in their game against the Cardinals that he's at least athletic. No, no doubt. But it's okay. Look, I I feel like the Seahawks. This is what they're built for. They're built for playoff football. Yeah. Um, it, it, you want to talk about? It, we talked about this. One of the top you know quarterback coaching combinations in the league. Uh, twelve and four season can't take that away from them. At the end of the day, you have a guy named Russell Wilson. Yep. Who, who throws to a guy named DK Metcalf, which kind of cooled, cooled off a little bit uh, towards the end of the season, kind of quiet, uh, more quiet than in the beginning of the season. Absolutely, yeah, did not um, hear his name as much at the end of the year, that's for sure. But I think that's because more, more so defense is, you know, keyed in on him, I think, a lot more. Because even, you know, Tyler Lockett kind of exploded more so in the second half of the season. Yes. So that just shows that, you know, DK was getting, as he should, because he proved it all year, uh, he's getting that coverage rolled to him. He's seeing the number one corner, all that type of stuff. So still making an impact, even though, you know, the yards and the catches aren't necessarily where they were at the beginning of the year. Now, if you ask me, Chad, like, what do the Rams need to do? You just got to look into their defense. Yeah. Look, look at the first in scoring. Oh, my God. First I, I was, in total defense, first in yeah. passing, and third in rushing. Like, I, man. Those are, those are real, like, you know, I, I know we talked about the other day about how, um, you know, the dude, uh, their defensive coordinator, uh, was it Brandon Staley? Yep. 
could be up for some head coaching jobs. And I'm, I was like, you know, I, I believe I made the comment, you know, oh, well, if you give me Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, you know, I could have a good defense. But, man, to be damn near, I mean, top three across the board in every category, you know, first in, in yards and scoring, I mean, you can't say enough about this defense. Yeah, man, it, 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 they, they play they they hit you in the mouth. Yeah, and that's the thing is they can kind of they can beat you in multiple ways, right? They have they have speed, um, you know, they have guys that can cover, but then they also are able to punch you in the mouth, right? With Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, you know, they have those they have those guys in the front that can make it difficult for you, and then the back end, you know, like you said or like we talked about, Jalen Ramsey, you know, one of the two or three best corners in the league. Um, and then he just makes it easier for everybody else. Yeah, unfortunately, I think this game is too it's too reliant on the on the golf thing, right? Yeah. Uh, now, if if John Warford comes out and has a really another really good game, then we really got to start questioning golf. Well, I, I mean, heck, I think the the golf questioning has kind of been going on for a while, right? This is kind of the yeah. same. Cause, but cause this, for, I think it takes it to another, a whole other level. Well, I mean, when, it's kind when, of, a, when another guy comes in and starts winning playoff games, I think it it would be kind of similar to the Jimmy G effect, right? Where mm-hmm. you know, you know, we we thought Jimmy Garoppolo was this really you know nice quarterback, and then all of a sudden he starts missing time, and and you know, see whether it's C.J. Beathard, who I didn't think did as good of a job, but really you know Nick Mullins comes in, and it seems like that offense you know doesn't really miss a beat. Um, for the most part, you know, it's like then it, then that's where you kind of start to scratch your head thinking, you know, is there be- are there better ways for us to invest 30, 30 to thirty five million dollars, you know, especially for a team that's as cap hit or as a uh, not hit, but, you know, restricted. They are. They're, I mean, they're restricted with the moves they can make because they have, you know, so many of those star guys, you know, on big money between Woods and Cup and, you know. Finally, they got off the Todd Gurley money last year. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but they Aaron, need to revamp. They need to revamp that offensive line, and that's going to take some money. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's the thing. You know, this playoff game is is going to mean a lot for the quarterback future uh, in LA for sure. Um, and then also, yeah, also just to hit on Seattle, I feel like I didn't give Seattle any love. Russell Wilson is just hard to beat in the playoffs, man. Like, he's just <laughs> hard to beat, especially at home. Yep. I mean, nothing about what Seattle's done this year is really screaming sexy. Um, I mean, for the most part, you know, bottom bottom third of the league in, in most defensive categories, um, you know, middle middle third of the league in offense, but yet you look up and they're 12-4, and four, man, and they just continue to get it done week in and week out. And like you said, man, the Pete Carroll-Russell-Wilson connection is one that – you know, going against a quarterback who is probably going to be inexperienced, or even if it's golf, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say he's the most experienced guy, even though he has gotten to a Super Bowl. Um, you know, you just trust that quarterback coach connection a lot more when you're talking about Russell Wilson and uh, and Pete Carroll. No doubt, it, it, I think the the Seattle defense is one of, the, of course, another class of example of bend them but don't break. Yeah, yeah, they're going to give you the yards, right? They're going to yeah. give you the yards. Um, but, but they're, they're going to be opportunistic as well. Um, so even though 14 interceptions in the season, which it's not great, but, but it's enough, right? It's enough to keep you in games. They also have 
Mate, like their their situational football in that defense is outstanding. Like how many times have we seen Bobby Wagner or, or KJ Wright have that right that tackle at the right moment yeah. to stop a score? You Absolutely, because that that's the thing. They like you said, they have the Ben Bedo break to where they because they have game changers on defense, right? Between yes. Wagner and KJ Wright, uh, Jamal Adams. You know those those guys are are game changing type players. So they could they're they're bound to make a play at any point in the game. Um, you know, it's just a matter of when, not, or it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When. So. And they do it at the right time, and that's why they're 12-4, and four, like you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, moving on to the last game of this Saturday slate. Sorry, Bob. Yeah, moving on to that last game of the day, the nightcap for Saturday. We got the Tampa Bay, I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, <laughs> who are eight and a half point favorites going to Washington uh, to face the Washington football team. Jonathan, uh, for for Tampa Bay, Mike Evans' game time decision. I don't know if you saw that nasty knee injury that he suffered. Uh, in week 17 did not look good but apparently you know like we said game time decision default to he's playing uh carlton davis is doubtful you know like we said default to playing jason pierre paul uh as well and then the one who is going to be missing for them for sure is devin white um you know the all i don't know if he's all pro level but definitely pro bowl level linebacker um and they signed Dayon Buchanan to replace him, so that should be fascinating. Um, uh, Yeah, go ahead, Chad. No, I was just going to continue the injury uh, for Washington. Alex Smith, questionable uh, with the knee. Terry McLaurin, questionable. And Antonio Gibson. So, you know, pretty much the only three guys that have done anything all season on offense for Washington. Uh, not a good sign for them. But, yeah, let's, di- let's dive into it, man. What were you going to say? I was going to say about the Evans thing. Uh wow i know he's like the main weapon but man there's some other weapons out there too right that's the thing man they have i mean people have been saying it all year they have the most depth as far (laughs) as playmakers in the entire league so it could be on full display here in this one um you know so i don't know how much time you want to spend on this game but as far as injuries (laughs) goes because the thing is, I think Smith always gives Washington a chance to win a football game. Very true. Uh, but because he's actually, you know, that that calf is really bothering him to the point that Ron Rivera has come out and said that he might alternate between Alex Smith and, and yeah. Tyler Henneke. Yeah. Uh, which, which is, which is the, the last thing you want to do in a playoff game. Absolutely. Um, you're already playing in an empty stadium, so you don't have that home crown energy to kind of feed off off and uh it, it, let's be honest like th- th- this is a very it's a it's a pretty good defense right i would um, i would say more than pretty good i mean top five in pretty much all categories ex- except for rushing defense which i think is their weakness but yeah i, I would completely agree uh, a defense that can keep a minute but, but but it's an offense that can keep you out of it as well absolutely um, absolutely so and then when you take your your best your 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 most important position the quarterback position and you limit so much yeah i mean i know we're gonna give our predictions towards the end and i guess i'm (laughs) i'm foreshadowing here my pick um but but you never know right like i think the biggest thing with the buccaneers chad it it, don't let it become a trap game 
I yes. know it's the playoffs, but yep. this game can be easily overlooked. No, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, they've been talking about it all year. You know, the, the best seed to get in the whole playoffs, it, it would be the five seed. You know, you get to play the winner of that NFC East or, or the last loser of the NFC East as, as we kind of figured out what it was. Um, and, yeah, you know, Tampa Bay, I think, is in prime position to, to set themselves up for a deep playoff run. But like you said, it's all about focus. And, you know, they have enough. I think with 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 Tom, um, there's enough there that he's going to make sure that they're focused. Um, you know, he's just a natural a guy who's naturally respected. You know, by all his teammates. Uh, I mean, hell, Antonio Brown likes the guy. So so what else? You know, what else is there to say about him? Um, but yeah, you know the thing the thing you're talking about Washington offensively, that Bucks defense is not by is not a slouch by any means. No, nope. I mean. Eighth in scoring, sixth in total yards, and then the biggest thing to me, first against the rush, man. If if Washington's not able to establish a ground game at all, and they're having the issues with you know limitations for Alex Smith or whoever's playing QB, I could see it being a very, very, very long day. Even if, sorry, even if the offense isn't clicking initially. Yeah, you know because, and we we've seen this right, and we even seen some teams kind of jump up to a lead on Tampa Bay this oh, year. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, for sure. And Washington might get lucky and find themselves, you know, with a two touchdown lead. Yeah, I could easily uh, could easily see Washington going up 10-0 in the first quarter. Could right. easily see it. But what happens in the second half, Chad? Oh yeah, Tampa. I mean, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's Four. alarm clock goes off, and 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 he figures out where he's at. He's thrown over forty touchdowns this year, man. Oh yeah, forty three touchdowns at forty three years old. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And he was what third in the league in, in yards this year, so he's. He's definitely in fu mode, I think, and and his has kind of gone a little more under the radar, um, which is kind of weird to say about a guy who we consider the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, but you know, with with Mahomes and Rodgers kind of stealing the headlines this year, sneakily, Tom has put up a season that I would say has kind of been not, one of the best of his career. Yeah, oh, definitely one of the if best. Not of his number career. two, or if yeah. not number, the second best of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say, yeah, that, and then also right up there with you know. Kind of the same numbers Mahomes and Rodgers are putting up, minus, you know, maybe a couple more interceptions here and there. By God, if he wins another ring, huh? Man, if he wins seven, then I think it's just, especially with another team, then I think we just have to bow down at that point. But, but hey, man, we're getting too ahead of ourselves. This is still only the wild card round. This is only the wild card <laughs> round. No talking about the Super Bowl till later. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, I tell you what, with that being said, we are going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about the Sunday playoff matchups. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Uh, now we are going to move on to the Sunday game, starting with that Sunday 1 o'clock matchup. We got the Ravens, who are actually favored by 3.5 points, going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Uh, Jonathan, these teams met last year, obviously, as most people remember, uh, Tennessee ended up pulling the shocker upset over Baltimore, who I believe was a number one seed 14 and two at the time, uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, now both these teams coming in 11 and five Tennessee hosting the game this year as they were the AFC South winner. Um, Jonathan, what are you looking for real quickly in this one? Man. My 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 favorite matchup of the weekend, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and they met each other in, in the regular season as well, and that was a thriller. Uh, overtime win, thirty-three yeah. yard rush by uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, what am I looking forward to? 
Yeah, uh, uh, can I just be cliche? <laughs> Absolutely. Right, I'm, I'm looking, Lamar, you, you yeah. got to win this game, buddy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Show up. I think all eyes, this is the this is the biggest game that he's ever played in, right? Because if he, if he loses this one, um, then I think, you know, the doubt officially is like not even starting to creep in. The doubt is officially there on can he be the type of quarterback that wins in the playoffs. And granted, I know he's only 23 years old, and I know he's young, but at the same time, you know, we're, this is a results-based, results-driven type of type of game, right? They want to see it immediately. They don't care about waiting for time or anything like that. And if he goes three times in the playoffs and is 0-3, you know, that's not going to be good for his career. So I think that the biggest key is for the Ravens is you had to find a way to throw the ball effectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you 30, have the stats 30, here. I, I'm sorry. I was gonna say 32nd. They're last in the in the whole NFL in passing offense this year. But, but, but what are they number one in? You're rushing the ball. But rushing the ball. If I'm Tennessee, who has a, a defensive minded coach, yep, I am stacking the box and I am forcing Lamar to throw the ball. Yeah, I mean one on one on the outside, and then just kind of you know just 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 live with. Just Live take Mark that. Andrews away. Take Mark yep. Andrews away. Yep. Exactly. Anybody else you can deal with. You can deal with Hollywood Brown's speed. You have Kevin Baird, who's one of the top um, you know, safeties in the league that nobody likes to talk about. I don't know why. Yeah, he um, can take away Andrews by himself pretty much. He, right. Look, I'm, I'm not scared of Hollywood Brown, man. So, he, he's and I'm, just I'm too not inconsistent of, with the hands. Too inconsistent. Uh, Des Bryant, Willie Sneed. Give me a break. Uh, Give me a break. Come on. Ex- you know, and, yeah. and of course, my guy, D- Chad, is Derrick Henry the quietest 2,000-yard rusher ever? Man, eight eight guys have done it in the history of the NFL. I can't say he's the quietest, but at the same eh, I don't know. He might be the quietest because I'm thinking about it. It's like, you know, all the other – the last guy that I can remember who ran for 2,000 yards was uh, was Chris Johnson. Um, I think Adrian Peterson did it as well. He did I, it. A- AP did it. Uh, I, Jam- Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis, Lewis did it. Uh, OJ was the first guy to do it. I believe. Yeah, but like we, we weren't, we weren't yeah. around that yeah. time. But no, I'm talking I mean, about it, guys in, in 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 like our, our football era, right? The last you. twenty yeah. years. Yeah, I think those guys are pretty much are pretty much you know the ones, and all those other ones. I mean. Chris Johnson and AP, I remember specifically every single week. It was you know they were on the highlight. They were on they 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 led the highlights damn near every single week. You know, top ten every single day, stuff like that. So yeah, you know I, I might agree with you honestly. Derrick Henry might be you know the most underrated two thousand yard rusher, um, which is kind of funny because you know as soon as you get there, it's like a whole new level of 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 greatness at the running back position. Yeah, man. Look, I, I I enjoy watching this team. Uh, you know the Titans because I I do like a team that can run just just smash mouth football. The highlights are great uh, of the stiff arms and just throwing guys to the ground. I Absolutely. love Tannehill. You know I I love yeah, Tannehill. Yeah, you do. You uh, got me on him too, man. You got me on Tannehill. Like I don't know what type of Jedi mind tricks you have, but I, I'm believing in Tannehill too, man. I think he's a guy who. You know, doesn't put up the flashiest number. Although he did have really, really good numbers this year. I mean, we talked about it. They were comparable to Deshaun Watson, who we just kind of finished raving about as one of the best QBs in the league. 
Um, but, you know, just a guy who makes timely plays and most of all, a guy who doesn't turn the ball over in the red zone, which, you know, I will say Lamar, I have to give him credit for as well. Um, neither one of these guys are quarterbacks that are going to turn it over once they get inside the 20, which I think is going to be very important. You know, we talked about it. Both of these teams want to run the football. It's going to be limited possessions. Uh, yep. And both of these teams are going to have to capitalize. I think the key for 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 Baltimore is going to be their very first possession of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, are they able to put up points early? Because when they're able to put up points early and play from ahead, you know, then they're able to continue to run the ball the way they want to, um, you know, continue to mix in the play action or, or, or and mix in Lamar's legs, you know, yep. to the, to the degree that they want to versus, I mean, we've seen it in, in countless games. I mean, pretty much any time they lose, you know, they'll get down by, you know, seven or 14 or something like that. And then you have to see Lamar throw it 40 or 50 times. If he has to throw it more than I'd say maybe 30 times in this game, then I think Baltimore is probably going to end up losing it. Yeah. I mean, if he's throwing 30 times, that means that the Titans are way up and he's trying to catch up and it's not going to look pretty. Um, my, my X factor for this game, to be honest with you, Chad, is, is special teams. Yeah. I think yeah. that could be the difference. So I want the, the very one shaky. team very shaky, the, and that's not good because that's the you know I think this game is gonna be all about uh, uh, field position and, yeah. and you know and if one team can make a breakthrough or play consistently good special teams throughout this game, that's gonna be the X factor, especially since they don't like to turn the ball over. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, one of the more underrated parts of field position that people forget about is missed field goals. You know, missing a 52 <laughs> yard missing a 50 or 52 yarder or something like that, I mean, gives it gives the team the ball right right in short field, you know, right as soon as they turn it over. Um versus, you know, a team like the Baltimore Ravens who as we know have, you know, one of if not the best kicker in NFL history. Um I believe he's the most accurate in the history of the league, so you know, and has a cannon for a leg, pretty much anything inside of 60, he's going to be able to hit. Um, and this is where a guy like that, you know, like we said, is kind of the ultimate weapon for a team that struggle that has offensive struggles the way Baltimore does. No doubt. And it, it's funny to say that because they're seventh in scoring, but, but we're calling them a team that has struggles on offense. Um, one, one thing to, to look out for, like you said, or like you talked about, you know, stacking the box and playing one-on-one on the outside. Adoree Jackson is questionable uh, for Tennessee in that one. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see if he's able to kind of stick with Because the thing is about Hollywood Brown, I get it. You know, his hands aren't the best, like we said. But if he, he runs. You, I was going to say he runs, and if he beats you over the top one time, then all of a sudden, you know, you gonna got to drop that safety a little bit higher. Uh, and then it just opens up the rest of the game for for Lamar and Baltimore. Um, moving on to the middle game of Sunday, that's going to be the Chicago Bears traveling down into New Orleans, taking on the Saints, probably stopping for some gumbo on the way, hopefully. Nice. Um, <laughs> Saints 10-point favorites in this one. Uh, Alvin Kamara is out right now with COVID, but Sunday is the first day that he'll be able to come back. Um, so he's expected to play in that one. Marcus Williams, the safety, is out. Michael Thomas is currently on IR. However, I think he's expected to be taken off IR, um, you know, for the playoffs, obviously. And then Taysom Hill, questionable, uh, with a knock for New Orleans. And then 
you know, Chicago, they've got they've got some injuries as well. And I think the two most notable ones is going to be Roquan Smith and and Allen Robinson, both of whom are questionable to play. But, you know, as we've said, right, if, if you're questionable and it's playoff time, you know, you're giving it a go. Chad. Yes. This game is probably one of the most important, like the most important game as far as what's going to happen to the future of a franchise in the short term. And I think both of these, I think both of these franchises, to be honest, are kind of up in the air, you know, with this game. I I, I will say the saints, I think they're, Oh, they're, they're writing. It's kind of already on the wall. It's all or nothing this year. Um, you know, it's all or nothing. Like they, they know who's coming back and who's not coming back at this point. Absolutely, I think the Bears don't know. Yeah, and yeah, you know, Mitch is Mitch coming back, right? If Mitch wins, does he does he stay long term? I feel um, like yeah, that's Nagy, the thing, right? Like, I mean, those know? two so and and Ryan Pace here? as well, and Ryan Pace as well. You know, all three of those guys are going to be under, you know, under fire if they lose, and if they win, then you know. All three of them, like you said, all three of them are getting, as we were texting about, all three of them get a contract extension if they win yep. this game. Deep down, if I'm Rich Nate, if I'm Pace, if I'm Pace. Yeah. I kind of want Mitch to stink this shit up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I want that defense to be outstanding, but I want, I want Mitch to screw this up. So it's like you know what I built a really good defense. I, the quarterback is just not working out. I I like Nagy as a coach, you know. But you know what, Mitch got to go. Let me go get another guy. Let me let me go get my Trask. Let me go get my Zach Wilson. But but can I be honest? I think these this group right here, I think their futures are tied completely together though. Like I think I don't think it's going to be a situation where they allow Pace to kind of rebuild it. I think this is going to be either kind of a clean sweep or nothing at all. But you don't need to rebuild, Chad. No, no, no. I completely... And this is my thing. Here, it's it's a quarterback issue. It's yeah. not a, a full... Like, this team is not bad. This team with bad quarterback play has gotten to 8-8. Eight and eight. They just need to find somebody that can play quarterback, at, you know, at, at a consistent level in the NFL. I think I think calling it bad is kind of... is, is being kind... Uh, uh, it, it's horrendous. <laughs> it, 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 but it's but they're eight and eight, and, yeah, and, and that's look. And we talked about this earlier in the year, where I'm like, man, like all these negative things about the quarterback position, but these this team keeps finding itself not I mean, only they, in they, football they games off, and winning what, games. Five and, they started off what five and one, I think, something like that. So five, yeah. five and two. There was yeah. a Matty Ice special. I think was there a win against the Colts or did they lose that game? Uh, I can't. I can't remember that, but I do remember they, they them beat beating the Tampa Bay on Thursday yeah. on a Thursday night. Yeah. So, so it it's it's not a rebuild. It's just changing right. out one position. Like if it's a rebuild, everybody needs to go. Agree. Right? But yep. if everything, pretty much everything else, was working fine, what? Why do we need to burn it to the ground and, and build it back up? That's true, and, and I will say, you know, me and you were talking about it. I think mm-hmm. I've liked the improvement of Nagy as a coach. You know, he he when he was in his first year with Chicago, he was completely his whole offense was trick play this, trick play yep. that, misdirect, double misdirection, handed off to a wide receiver. You know, I, I will say they ran the greatest play that I've ever seen in my entire life 
um, on a two-point conversion one time. So I will give Nagy credit for that. They handed it to the wide to the running back. The running back handed it to a tight end, and then the tight end pitched it to Mitch Trubisky for a two-point conversion. I don't know if you remember that play, but I do not. It, it it was probably the the my favorite NFL play I ever seen in my life. Um, but that's besides the point. I, I mean, you know, that's what the, that's the kind of stuff they were doing his first year, and it worked right because it was new. Um, last year it didn't work because, as they say, as you know, in the NFL. Once you get a year of game tape on it, it, it looks a lot easier to stop. You know, these defensive coordinators are smart guys. These defensive players are super talented. They're, they're going to find a way to stop it. And then this year, he's just become more of a direct downhill running. I think the emergence of Montgomery has yes. done wonders for that offense. I mean, he's been on fire in December. Um, kind of had a slow start to the year. Um, but, yeah, has been on fire probably the last three or four weeks. And, and it's all been in these must-win games for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that, that kind of has added that element that I think continues to show the growth from Nagy. So, yeah, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. I agree with you. you. You talked me out of out of Nagy and Pace being on the hot seat. But, but this but is I'll definitely you, the game for Mitch. Can I give you an example, though? Remember when Mike Malarkey was the coach up in Tennessee, Tennessee. and they won one? Yeah. They they never committed to Mariota, right? Absolutely. They Absolutely. never did because I think they were never sold on it. So, but they kept them. So, if 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 you're Chicago, like even if you win this football game, yeah. Like don't don't do anything foolish that can just, you know, hamper your you, you know, your your the future of your franchise because in the NFL, you can win any given Sunday, and that includes in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I think another classic example of this is the um, uh, the the Blake Bortles. Now, granted, Bortles went a lot further into the playoffs than you know just winning one game or anything. But I mean, he got that three year, fifty four million dollar extension pretty much as soon as they lost that AFC Championship game, or as soon as he was el- or as soon as he was able to get it. Um, would he survive one year out of yeah, that? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think he lasted. Yeah, I think he lasted one year, maybe two years out of that contract. But yeah, it was it was it was abysmal. Um, so if I'm them, you know, if Mitch hasn't shown you anything, and what's he been there for three years? Uh, since years. 2017. Yeah, so this is his third year. So that, so you know, the nice thing about it is they still have. Wait. Oh no! This is his fourth year. This is his fourth year. Yeah, his fourth yeah, year. So, so they have they have that huge decision. I mean, they've already declined his fifth year option. Um, yeah. But they have a decision to you know it's either pay him or let him walk, and I think they'll be comfortable letting him walk regardless. Yeah, they. they, they I'm telling you that they, whatever it is, they can do better at the quarterback position next year. Yeah, yeah, and. and, and Man, let's stop talking about the Bears for this, and let's talk about let's talk about New Orleans, right? Because I think this is a team that you know, if you looked at their cap structure and the way they've organized their roster this year, to say they're all in for this year, I think is an understatement. I mean, I think I think next year they're they're like a hundred they're like a hundred million over the cap next year, or something like that, uh, and it's all to give them this one last chance in Drew Brees' final year. You know, it's pretty much been announced that this is going to be his last season uh, with the team. The broken ribs, I think, was kind of the the, the part that sealed that. Um, mm-hmm. But what are you expecting from New Orleans in this one? 
Same thing. I mean, look, this is a good football team. They have been a good football team every year. Now, I the, the thing with the Saints is luck. Yeah. Is luck finally going to go weird, their way this weird year? Weird stuff happens to them when the playoffs start, man. It's I've never seen a team. I mean, three straight years to lose on the last play of the game is is kind of insane. Um, you know, well, two years ago was that 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 pass interference where the guy gets tackled and like yeah. they don't call it right. And they kill uh, Roby <laughs> Coleman. Roby Coleman. Uh. Well, of course, he's part of the Eagles' uh, secondary these days, but he's fitting right in there, <laughs> fitting right in. But but this this team is all in. Like, look, this is one of the the deepest team as far as depth in, in the NFL. Uh, we kind of knew that, you know, before they came into the season. Alvin Kamara has just been a tear. Twenty-one uh, touchdowns this season. Dude, is ridiculous. He, he's living up to that contract that he got. Um, but you know, it's going to be Drew Brees, you know, spreading the ball around, um, making timely throws, timely decisions with a little sprinkle of, 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 uh, of Hill in there and yeah. playing solid defense, getting after the quarterback, you know, it, it, we, we know what to expect from this team. They should every year, they should win the games that they lose in the playoffs. Yeah. So absolutely. This, it's just about capitalizing and, on it, right? And this is the last year they can really make the excuses because I promise you next year they're probably not going to be a playoff team and they're definitely probably not going to be in the position they're in right now to have deep, deep playoff success. All right, yeah, so moving on to the third and final game, uh, the Sunday night du jour, uh, which is weird because we just saw a shitty version of this game last week. Um uh, <laughs> But we've got the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland Browns. Their first playoff appearance in, what is it? I don't even know how. Oh, two? Yeah, oh, two? Think, yeah, so 18 years. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> Traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Steelers, six-point favorites at home. Um, obviously, Cleveland has been riddled with the COVID-19. Kevin Stefanski, their first-year coach. Uh, guy who I think should be up for coach of the year. Um, will not be with the team because he's contracted COVID. Also, will be without Pro Bowl offensive lineman uh, Joel Pro, but, Batonio. Yeah, so because he has he has COVID as well. Um, Jonathan, what do you what are you looking for in this one? Starting with Cleveland, I'll be honest, they haven't practiced in three days, man. Yeah, their facility did open up today, I believe. Okay, so yeah, uh, to, they'll have today. They'll have today and tomorrow. Well, they better come in tomorrow, right? Yeah. Practice today, walk through tomorrow, get yeah. the body, you know, used to getting a little bit of contact, right? Um, because it, it's not good. Um, look, this, this this team is about one thing, right? Running it's about football. running the football. Absolutely. As long as Chubb and Hunt are, are, are good and this offensive line is good, even though they're not, uh, you know, they're going you know they're they're losing one of their best you know uh linemen. Uh Jack Conklin is also injured. Uh just just keep running the ball, man. J- yeah. Just keep running the ball, give yourself a chance. Don't don't put the game in Baker Mayfield's hands even though he can make the timely throws. Uh to be honest with you, uh it, it, it I I think the, the the lack of practice and the lack of of the head coaching uh, I don't know if they can surpass that. Even though Baker Mayfield has come out and said, "Yeah, we can do it." Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you know the confidence that Baker shows. While I understand, you know, by no means is he 
you know, a top 10 quarterback, not even top half quarterback, I, I don't think. Um, but, you know, he does ha- he does play with a, a swagger about him that, that keeps this team, I think, honest on, on, on both parts of the – or not both sides of the ball, but both aspects on offense. You know, he's been making a lot more plays down the stretch of the, of the second half of the season. Um, you know, like you said, Kareem Hunt, uh, Nick Chubb, those are the guys that, that – those are the straws that turn the, that turn the drink – uh, when you're talking about Cleveland, but you know Baker Mayfield, I think is going to be the difference in this one. Obviously, right? You know, we know Pittsburgh, we know Mike Tomlin. He's going to come up with a game plan to try and make Cleveland play left-handed. Um, they're going to try and get him out of what they want to do. They're going to try and get him in third and long, and it's going to just be a matter of can Baker make those throws? You know, can he spread the ball around the way he has been? You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, uh, Jarvis Landry, you know, getting the tight ends involved, getting the running backs involved out of the backfield. So it, 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 it I'll be really fascinated to see how Baker plays in this one. Yeah, um, but you know, the Steelers. This is the team that I'm, I'm curious about. Uh, you know, Sneakily, been, have a little bit of pressure on them as well, too, right? Because they started so hot. They started eleven and zero, and here they are in the playoffs. The last, their last, four. yeah, last four <laughs> games at one and three. Um, you know, and then last week, right? That loss. I know. Ba- uh, I'm sorry, Ben wasn't starting, but yeah. you know, like they they couldn't move the ball really, and they struggled. And you know, Chase Claypool had a had a big catch. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's but- the thing. I I didn't see I didn't see much from. Not to cut you off, boss. Yeah. But- I didn't really see anything from Pittsburgh that inspired me about what they're going to be able to do offensively in this one. I know the defense is going to show up, no doubt. But, you know, the running game, I mean, the running game is pretty much all but abandoned at this point. I could I could easily see them running the ball 10 or less times in this game, just, just abandoning, it, abandoning it from the beginning. But they don't have any verticality in their passing game. You know, and it's hard it's hard to just be able to constantly make play, make play, make play, you know, in the short to intermediate areas over the middle of the field. But if there's one team they can probably do it against is the Browns, right? And, and, and that's that's what I'm I'm kinda seeing here. Like this 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 seems just they they just really know they know each other so well. Um this is the third time they're playing. Uh you know that's why uh, you know the the Steelers are, are just primed to win this game and the whole practice man it's it's hard to go play football without practicing absolutely absolutely and you know I, I get it it's a playoffs um at this point you know they they know the team they know each other right so I don't think being in sync or anything like that is going to be affected but just you know I could easily see Cleveland getting off to a slow start and then that's you know kind of like what we talked about with Baltimore early in the game is what's most important for this team because if they're able to score early, you know, kind of get out to a lead or at least you know keep it a one score game, then they'll be able to run the football. If not, you know, and you're making Baker play from behind, that's when you know his accuracy and his ability to make plays kind of comes into question. But I will say the last game that the Steelers won was that thriller against the Colts two weeks ago, where they came back from twenty-four to three. Yeah. So th- and your boy this called is, it. Your boy called it. Yes, he did. The one though, and only, the myth and the legend, even though Chad the, Larson. Even though in the third quarter, I was calling myself an idiot for picking them when they were down. <laughs> <laughs> Got to play four quarters in this league, man. That is true. That is true, and I think it'll definitely come down to all four quarters in some of these games. Um, 
Jonathan, with that being said, man, let's just let, 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 let's go ahead and, and bring out the main entree. Let's bring out the picks, right? Let's go ahead and and uh, we'll go ahead and start with the Saturday games. Colts at Bills. Bills six and a half point favorites at home. Jonathan, who you got? Bills. Yep. Uh, yeah, give me Buffalo as well. Just playing too good right now. Playing too good. Rams at Seahawks. Seahawks three and a half point favorites. Give me the Seahawks. Right there with you, boss. Right there with you. Buccaneers at Washington. Buccaneers eight and a half point favorites. Give me Tampa Bay. <sighs> yeah, Tampa. Too much. Too much. Brady's just going to be too focused. Not gonna. Not gonna let the chatter. Not gonna let any of that get in his way. Ravens at Titans. Ravens three and a half point favorites. Give me Baltimore. Wow. Baltimore. You think Lamar steps up, man? Yes. This is the year. <laughs> nice. This is the year. Uh, anyone that's listening to this podcast knows I'm much more pessimistic about Lamar. So please give me Tennessee. Give me Tennessee and all the points. Uh, Bears at Saints. Saints 10-point favorites. All right, give me New Orleans. Uh, this is probably going to be the only game that we're not going to really get into the fourth quarter. God, man. I... Do I want to ride Mitch one more time? <laughs> like, do I want to see what Mitch Trubisky can do for me one more week. I've been banking on him for for a month. I've been I've been I've been hitching my wagon to him for a month now. I don't. Chad, Chad. You did see what happened to him last week, right? You're right. Give me New Orleans. They did not win. Give me New Orleans. Give me New Orleans. You're right. That was the only good team they've played in a month. Give me New Orleans. And then Browns at Steelers. Steelers six-point favorites. Man, I wish the the Browns were practicing, but give me the Steelers. I got Cleveland, man. I got Cleveland. I know. I know. I got Cleveland. I don't know what it is, but I just think something about them is. I mean, they have no, there's no evidence pointing to the fact that they should win this game, but I think that's is what's no, going to make I, it. I don't think that's true at all, Chad. Well, I think I when you factor in the, the practicing in part, in that that's part. that's what kills me. However, if they, like you said, they get into that early relief and they just keep handing the ball off to to mm-hmm. Chubb and, and, and to Hunt, and then they make timely throws. Throw it to those tight ends. Yep, third Attack down. the middle of the field. Third Attack and five. Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. Uh, he, he's not as good as you think. Stay away from number 28, the corner. I forgot his name. Having a wonderful season uh, for the Steelers. Do that, and then take away the short throws for Ben. Yeah, make him throw deep. Make him Absolutely. hold on to the ball. Make him hold the ball for more than two and a half seconds. Yeah, right. And which let's be honest with Miles Garrett coming off that edge. You know, it could even be less than two and a half. To be questionable, honest. he's questionable. So I'm not sure how 100 percent he's going to be. He's playing, but he's him, questionable. Him at 80 percent is a lot is better than a lot of other pass rushers at 100 percent. Let's be it's, fair to him, especially for a team that's like 32nd in rushing. You know they're going to throw the ball. Exactly. Exactly, boss. All right, man. With that being said, we are going to go ahead and call that a podcast for today. Uh, guys, make sure you guys are enjoying the double, triple header that we have this weekend. First time in NFL history. Check out all the games. Sit in front of the TV. Get glued to it. And, guys, just enjoy yourselves and have a good weekend. Jonathan, anything else for him before we head out? 
Hey, Chad, just make sure you post those picks, and if you don't, I will. All right? <laughs> I got you, boss. I, I got faith in you, Lamar, this weekend. <laughs> make me proud, buddy. Man, with that being said, we will talk to you guys next week. Ciao.